Live from Kent, this is The Late Late Show with Toby Payne Cook and Ed Finch. And you are listening live. Good evening. Can you hear me over this ridiculously loud intro music? Music's working this week and Ed's in on time. I'm in a few minutes, a few seconds late. Everything's good. Um, welcome. It's wrath time. Anger time. Wrath. The seven deadly sins. We're working through the seven deadly sins and we're on to our third one and we're going to focus on wrath in teaching. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or join in the conversation by downloading the Podbean app and following Teachers Talk Radio. Hashtag TT Radio. Good evening, Ed. Good evening. Good evening. Are you particularly wrathful tonight? Are you feeling no. that way? No, not. Is that a word? Wrathful? I suppose it could be. Um, I am not really. I'm a bit stressed, but I'm um, self-inflicted. Nice. I am hosting on Friday night in my house my yeah. leaving party. Um, and Ooh. I've decided to do this because I like hosting. And but I've but I'm out tomorrow night at book club, so I've had to do all my all my bits of food preparation um, uh, this this afternoon on my on my day off. So I've had a had a busy afternoon. I've filled the fridge full of booze. People are bringing me booze if they're going to drink booze, but I've got and I wanted to get you know pre chilled stuff and all that sort of stuff. So so um, yeah, there we go. So in but um, and then I've got reports to write and. White wine, do you? And then for that to be lukewarm, no, exactly. You don't want that. You want that to be if they're going to drink, if you're going to drink white wine, which I'd advise against, but if you're going to, you want it cold. I'm going to not make the mistake that I made at Gemma's 18th birthday party of having two gin and tonics and some mojitos before then drinking Prosecco like it was beer, um, all evening. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna drink beer. I might have some red wine with cheese at the end of the evening. Well, very wise. Mm. I mean, I don't think I can. You're not considering port. Um. Well, well, there's a story behind that because when I had some friends around, a small um, from work, I we had some cheese. We got a little a little group of us called it called Cheese on what a WhatsApp group, and um, we love our cheese, and so we do this occasionally. And um, but I served some port, and we drank a lot of it, but it was a bottle that had been open. And it had been open for a while, and and two colleagues, two two female colleagues, drank rather a lot of this port, as did I. But I'm a bit more robust and a lot larger than they are. And um, yeah, they were wiped out the next day. So um, so I think no one's going to want me to serve port. Although fresh fresh bottles of port would be good. But we have got we've got to go into sports day on Saturday, so we've got sports at school. So we're all going to be a bit hungover on sports okay, day yeah, you Saturday don't morning. Be, sports day is a day that you don't want too much of a head. I agree. As, um... Yeah. That's a shame. I, I'm a big, I'm a big port fan. I, I'm a huge port fan. I love, I love a bit of port. Uh, I don't buy it often because if I buy it, I drink it. And if I drink it, you're quite right. It does give you a sleepless night if you're me. I think it's all the sugar keeps me awake, and then it does produce a hangover. But it's very mm. lovely. Once in a while, it's worth it. Well, Once in a while, maybe. Yeah, we've not. We've, we've, uh, yes, I like give port. you the same hangover that you get from absinthe. If that's uh, you know in its favour. No, absinthe is, is, is don't go there. Is my advice. I, yeah, or, or 
at least very not often. Um, yes. Um, so no, I'm not. I'm not feeling wrathful at all. Do we? Um, do we? Um, yeah. So, but apart from before we go into wrath, how's yeah. your week been? How's your week been? Oh, it's been long, hasn't it? I can't really think what's happened this week. My offspring completed their GCSEs, so that's a good thing, isn't it? It is and, a good uh, thing. Everything kind of went how it was meant to go, which uh, you know. Very lucky. I can't remember when they always were. But he's very lucky with the uh, last history paper. That was a, a bit of a gift. Most of the kids were complaining. They thought it was the Nazi paper and it would all be about the Nazis. And instead, there was a question about um, some people out there will be nodding with this, along with this one. Lots of kids were very disappointed. It was quite, the question was about the culture in Weimar, Germany, prior to oh. the rise of the Nazis. Yes. Now, a lot of kids wouldn't have a lot to say on this one, but my kid... And I attended every screening in the Picture House Weimar Cinema season a couple of months ago. Wow! <laughs> As a result, a lot to say on that subject. In fact, wow. so much they overcooked it, it didn't leave him enough self enough time for the last question. But you know, we try anyway. That was a, that was a spot of luck. I think other young people. Up isn't that, I've just seen Tom Tom Rogers, who is with us, who is a history yeah. teacher. He's yes, history. it was a horror for most. Um, what yeah. but is it, I thought history I thought you had some choice about what you could write about. No, very, very, very little choice. No, that's the how that paper works is oh. there's your question, away you go, buddy. And if you if you've thought that that whole paper was about the rise of the Nazis and you've you know, you've memorized everything about the beer hall putsch and onwards, then you're in trouble. Whereas lovely my lovely one had plenty to say about um I don't know. I'd like to see what he read. Wrote to be honest, clever, clever, clever. Anyway, that went well. Physics yeah. went well. That's all good. And then since then, obviously, the only way to reward that. What's the right way to reward a child who's completed the GCSEs? Of course, you nip into Exeter and buy a copy of um, Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, don't you? That's what? what's been happening in this house. What's Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom? I educate oh. me. My lord, the people in Radio Land, they've got their heads in their hands, they're shaking. It's like when Lord Judge doesn't know about the Arctic monkeys or something. <laughs> you know about the Zelda uh, video game franchise? Of course you do. Uh, the Ocarina of Time and all that sort of business. Nope. About a young chap called Link who adventures around the Kingdom of Hyrule, solving puzzles generally in order to rescue Princess Zelda from some terrible fate. And uh, this is the most recent outing that came out about a month ago, maybe. But I knew that if that came into the into the house, all revision would stop. Yes. <laughs> so originally the promise was if you did very well in your GCSEs, you would get that. And then I thought, no, I'm going to say he's not going to get the results till nearly the end of August. So that's Indeed. too long a wait, isn't it? It's too long a wait for the latest Zelda outing. So yeah. Um, so we we did. I said, there you go. Anyway, that's pretty exciting. Other than that. That one hasn't left the house. I've been driving to and fro. I don't think I've done anything interesting or exciting. You I have, Ed. Haven't I? Haven't I? I have. You've been. Since we've you have. So would you like to tell us about the Black Deer Music Festival and the joy it brought you? Yes, I would. I the Black Deer would. Music Festival. It was the fourth Black Deer Music Festival. There were two years off um, for, for, the, for the COVID. Um, and so... Um, there was one last year and then two before COVID. Um, and um, it, I went for one day last year. This year I had a weekend ticket, but went in daily, got a lift from a, from a friend 
on Friday. So had a few beers and some gin and tonic at the end of the evening. Bit mess, well, not messy, but just, yeah, a little bit leery by the end of the evening, I'd say. Um, but managed to do a bit of dancing in the disco. And then Saturday, I drove myself in and was on my own. But I didn't bump into anyone I knew. I was expecting to being being relatively local, only half an hour from my house. Um, and teaching lots of children and knowing lots of sort of middle class people. I was a bit disappointed that I didn't bump into anyone that I knew, but I bumped into lots of nice people watching bands and talking, you know, that sort of camaraderie, getting a, in a crowd. Um, yeah. It was very hot on the Saturday and I got a bit worn out by that probably slightly hung over as well um and so i i didn't just watch you got to keep hydrating you i did keep hydrated hyd i kept hydrated but just i just got a bit i just got a bit fed up with i got a bit fed up with the folding chairs and the the, the sort of part time you know the, the people who were sort of picnicking having a nice picnic whilst having some yeah. music floating One time over time i went to the cambridge folk festival which is a very revered folk festival isn't it cambridge mm. it was wall to wall people on folding chairs Who's sitting? They staked their place early in the day. A whole row of like six people who'd gone to every Cambridge Folk Festival since they were cool in the nineteen sixties. They were there, camped out, and I've never, I've never been to a festival where I've seen so many Daily Mails. It absolutely alarmed me. You know, like yes. this is a music festival, but the paper of choice appears to be the Daily Flipping Mail. I felt yeah. exceedingly uncomfortable. There were some great gigs, you know, it's great bands, bands I really was looking forward to seeing. But it felt kind of weird and dead to me. I don't know. Other people didn't have that experience. But possibly yeah. the, one of the reasons was that I wasn't drinking because I knew I was going to have to drive back from Cambridge to Oxford at some appalling time in the night when... Anyway. Well, it's it's really yeah, nice, though. Like not folding chairs. I don't... Let's have a campaign against folding chairs at festivals. It's all wrong. Stand up and pee where you stand like a man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I do think... I do think... I don't think the... I don't have a problem with the folding chair... Oh, per se, but what I have a problem with the, the staying. Yes, it's a bit like it, 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 I have a problem with the fact that they they just it, it, people who stake out their place and and are there yeah. just in the back of the arena, you know, sort of in the, the back of the arena field, you know, a long way behind the mixing desk. You know, they they're not feeling the music. They they're not really right. seeing what's going on on stage, you know. It's the same at um, Cropredy, which is a, a great music festival in many ways, but you get people who've been coming every year for 20 years or however long it's been running, and they bring great big ground sheets, like out of tents, but great big ones, and they peg them out. Yeah. They sort of like claim a space, like they're like putting their towels on the, on the things. And it's like, they've been going around, and the point of it is that they go there every year and they meet up with a bunch of friends that maybe they don't see through the rest of the year, but they see them at Crop Purdue. As the probably as the years go by, the folding seats have got a bit comfier, haven't they? Probably got more expensive mm. ones. And, you know, they're probably bringing a cooler now because they don't really like the idea of walking down to the beer tent and queuing for an hour. Well, no, they're bringing more. a cooler, but cool box, definitely. They'll have a yeah. f f great, bloody great um, festival trolley. Full of all and then sorts I feel of guilt if I stand in front of them because I'm like, oh, they're sitting on their little chairs. If I yeah, they've like they've paid their their ticket for the festival. The they've got their they've got this royal box. If you want to if you want to sit there, you can sit there. But I'm going to stand in front of you because I like standing. I mean, I I think at a festival it's a standing thing. I, so that way I can rock from side to side, not dance. I'm not a hula. Tap your feet. I could, I could tap my feet if I want to do it in the sludge. But if I stand in front of them, 
I will know that I'm blocking their view and mm. I'll be able to feel their eyes boring into the back of my neck, which will compromise my enjoyment. It just makes them even more selfish, I think. Yeah, I I I think when in, at Black Deer near the stage near the, if you if you walk down that I walk down the left hand side of the sort of arena for the main stage the outdoor stage and you know if you went quite a long way down virtually almost sort of uh, perpendicular to the or parallel well, I don't know, whatever you know virtually at the sort of front but front left of stage or front stage right mm-hmm. that we called um as and um and then just walk in and i you could i could I, you know as long as i was there five if i wanted to get right near the front very near the front as long as i was there five minutes before whatever act it was that came on even the pretenders yeah, have no trouble at all i have well, no trouble just weaving through I people enjoy. I enjoy walking. Well, you can't do that at Glastonbury. You, you... With the mixing desk, strike straight in, get mm. to the mixing desk, and there will be usually there'll be a cable tray running from the front yes. of the mixing desk straight down, and you can walk along that like you're walking a plank. People yeah. generally don't stand on it; they don't. So you can usually get straight into the heart of the mosh, straight down the cable tray, and you yeah. can't lose your friends. Then, if you've got like five friends with you, you can say, if you "Stay here. I'll be able to find you." You will because you can go have a wee wee down a cable tray. You meet your friends. Yeah. Otherwise, you can spend most of the gig wandering around, wondering where you left them. Yeah, so you've that, was, that was a system. You've got to have a system. You attempted so, to have a flag on a very, very, very long fishing pole. That was the way. That still is the way at Glastonbury, I think. But there's an awful lot of people with the same flag on the same pole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Individuality um, is so uh, so similar across the yeah. you know. yeah. oh, I think. Really um, clever, will you? Yeah. But creative flags, I do like quite creative flags with with funny funny slogans on, and that's quite amusing. But I think so. But all in all, Black Deer Festival was was great. I thought there was the great performances, lovely like festival site, good your food. Three favorite performances of because actually music festivals are really about bumping into amazing people when you're yeah. for a beer and then losing them and never seeing them again. That's what they're really about. Or <sighs> going around the stalls and going, I will never buy any of this rubbish. Who does? But people do. But three favourite music. So three favourite performances of the festival. You'll have five minutes. Your time starts now. <sighs> I, I, I'm going to do three on the main stage, and I'm going to mention yeah. a couple of little minor ones. Okay. Um. Uh, so three, but go for it. All right. Okay. So um. There was a lot of good stuff, but I did enjoy watching the Pretenders. They're not a very Black Deary sort of band because no. um, Chrissy Hind, absolutely phenomenal. She's seventy-one. She's proper punk she's rock and really roll. Seventy-one, She's we'll amazing. On, uh, well, I think someone told me she's seventy-one. I haven't verified that, but I can believe it because they, they started in seventy-eight, and she was probably in her mid twenties then. So Sorry, Black Deer is mostly a. Um... Americana, sort of Americana, so it's mostly country tinged, country folk tinged rock. Um, so the, the pretenders is, you get the pretenders in. Yeah, you know, what is going to happen there is some people will buy some tickets. Yeah, she was born on the seventh of September in nineteen fifty one. That makes us sound go. proper old, doesn't it? Nineteen nearly seventy two. She there does not look 72. She does not act 72. And and she's the only remaining pretender. I think the, um, the, it's the, the band were just great. The guitarist, James Walborn, um, I think he's called Wal- Walborn or something like that. He was brilliant. Absolutely. They played, they played the only sort of country song. They played Thumbelina from, I think, Learning to Crawl, their third album, I think. Um, and... Um, you know, that's kind of got a country riff on it, a country riff, you know, and he played it super fast at the end. 
oh, they were just tight and and great and rocking. That she moaned twice that you know, said I wasn't expecting such an old crowd because the crowd weren't as mobile as they should have been, and I was a bit disappointed about that. But but they were tight, they were good, and it was just. A good a bit of rock and roll and then um wikipedia can i tell you wikipedia is under the impression that martin dale chambers yeah uh drummer is an original member so there's according to wikipedia member, two original he, members he has been playing with them until quite recently um he was uh -huh. booted out of the band for a bit apparently but he was he's been playing with them until quite recently but definitely the drummer did not look 70-ish or, or late 60s-ish um so two separate tenures with the band um mm. Yeah. So, I know. Anyway, so other other two, I, I then the hoople as well. Can I tell you? That's my favourite. My favourite probably performance was, I think, Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real. So, so Lucas Nelson is the son of Willie Nelson, um, well, who you know, we all know near enough God. Yeah. Um, and um, and Willie Nelson's great mates with Neil Young, I think, and Promise of the Real have backed Neil Young on his 2019 tour. Mm. So they, they were his sort of crazy horse band. So they were just a really good band. The bassist and the drummer were just phenomenally good. Played quite a lot of mellow, you know, country rock, um, I suppose, really, country blues rock. Um, not, but But there was some kind of... It was quite Neil Young and Crazy Horse Guest. There was a good bit of crunchy guitar noise. Um, and then there was a beautiful, um, I don't know the name of the song, but he played, um, Lucas Nelson played a Willie Nelson song solo on, on you know, acoustic. And, and that was that was just sort of mesmerising. That was lovely. Um, Steve Earle was was amazing. You, you, you were very told me that I needed to go and see Steve Earle. I know Steve Earle, but I don't know him as well as you do. Um, and... Um, they, he was he was pretty captivating and and you know he just played solo um told some good stories some very sad stories about his son's death and um yeah. uh and then um I'm I, I'm going to link that to Roth later on actually something he said about something or other um in a moment and then um so those are my three really but there were some other great performances on in the tent Midlake I liked Midlake um American mm -hmm. band they were good um this is the kit were good um folky oh, the kit. Great. bit groovy you're yeah, nice out there in radio land doesn't know this is the kit i would strongly advise him to listen to a bit of this yeah really kit. nice she's got a lovely voice and, and it's just nice yeah. quite a groove quite a nice groove to to their tunes i think um yeah and then there was a lovely tent there was a tent there called the uh, uh, cafe nero so cafe nero sourced the artists um and and you know you could buy your cafe nero coffee and sit down and listen and they had some good little you know up and coming, you know, sort of not even signed artists playing some nice stuff. And so that was quite a nice place to sit and down. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, that's the main cut of my jib, I'd say. Yeah. There was no way I was going to come this year. It's too, this term is just, yeah. It's Book crushing, yourself in for next year though, Ed. And then they're selling, the tickets yeah, are only yeah. 133 quid at the moment for next year. Um, wow. Whereas I bought mine for one six, I'm not going to buy one now. I'm not going to buy one yet. But 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 you know they they lose that, that this early bird things are all a bit of a game these days, isn't it? It is a bit of a game, but yeah, no, I'd like a bit of that. I'd like a bit of festival action, you know. And I haven't been to a proper festival in some time. I'm meant to be going to Lake Fest. I think we discussed that last week. Yeah. So I shan't say any more on that. But it involves finding childcare. So if anybody knows any uh, people who like looking after children who live in the Gloucestershire area. Do get in touch, because <laughs> otherwise 
I ain't going if I'm taking kids, I can tell you. I want no. a proper festival experience and no driving home at night. I want a camp in a field full of snoring drunken beggars. I want people peeing on the fly sheet <laughs> in the middle of the night for the full experience. And that constant sound of laughing gas canisters going off. That's a joy. Oh, yes. That's, that, but I think that there's so many festivals now. They're quite sedate in, in, in many ways. You know, there's, there's a, a Black Deer, there was a small percentage of, there was some good, fun dance stuff on, on Sunday night, actually, in, in, and it had a good boogie too. Um, and, um, and there was a few sort of proper festivalers there watching that and bouncing around. Mm -hmm. um, but, but most of it was sort of, you know, day trippers and, and, yes. and old sort of country fans, you know. Um, but, you know, so there you go. Less laughing gas and more bitter. Yeah, pints, more bitter. Pints of lukewarm bitter, not so much of the canisters, but um, no. it's all good. Anyway, festivals are great. Possibly might have bored some of the audience there, but just for you, I have uh, queued up a bit of Neil Young for the end of, not Neil Young, sorry, a bit of Steve Earle for the end of the show. Could do some lovely. Neil Young. Lovely, lovely. Uh, that's, that's queued up for us there. It's not particularly wrathful, but I think... Actually, can you think of any particularly wrathful songs? I don't know, Killing in the Name of, perhaps? But, oh, um, that was played by the DJ, Killing in the Name. A, 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 an angry song. Yeah, there's lots of angry songs, but not necessarily angry. Well, obviously, most heavy metal songs sound angry, but the lyrics aren't necessarily down, angry. You listen to the lyrics. They're all, I want to hold your hand, aren't you? It's the lyrics aren't angry, no, necessarily, but the, the, the sound of the bass and the sound the of sound the drums. is a cross sound, isn't it? You listen to it, it makes you feel cross. I don't, I don't rock, like heavy metal. Cross. I like heavy rock. I don't mind heavy rock, but heavy metal, no. Where do you draw the line? Do you like well, Deep Purple? I think, I think, oh, I don't know. If it's being well, screened. That might be a question for another day when you've done a bit of Googling, isn't it? But yeah, Good. Right. I'm not okay. really sure where you draw the line. And no. I think in small quantities, I really enjoy some metal. But... <laughs> It has to be smallish quantities. I'm like, do you know what I'm really in the mood for? Some Metallica. I put on Metallica, and for about three tracks, I think, this is the best music in the world. It's phenomenal, isn't three it, tracks, in some ways. Yeah. I can't be bothered with this. So, um, no. Um, anyway, but punks, there's a lot of angry punk, isn't there? There's a lot of angry punk, and there's a lot of angry punks around. You will meet them. Um, but are they wrathful? Um, Let's move on. What is the difference, according to you, and your comprehensive research that you put in before this show, what's the difference between <laughs> anger and wrath? Because wrath is a, set, is a is a sin, isn't it? Wrath is one of the sins. And yet we talk about the wrath of God all the yeah. time. It's one of the most common... I, to be honest, I it's a word that I don't ever use. Um, it's a word that I don't really know its true meaning. I, I've not, I've not done any research. I, I assume I sort of equate it to rage. I equate it to, not anger. Anger is anger can be sort of silent, can't it? Um, I suppose and pent up and and whereas it's it's sort of. But I don't know. I think I think you've probably got a much better definition than I have. Well, according to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The neutral act of anger becomes the sin of wrath when it is directed against an innocent person, when it is unduly strong or last long, long, long lasting, or when it desires excessive punishment. But then, and that's fine, you know, so it's quite right to be angry. We should be angry about injustice. You know, it's right to be angry when you realise that the fluffy haired prime minister has been lying to you and the rest of the country quite deliberately for some time. You know, that's right to be angry. 
it becomes wrath when it is unduly strong when you get too cross i don't see how you can be too cross about some things about the death of hundreds of people in the channel which is going unmarked by the news media because it's not a story anymore and things you know like how can you be too angry about that i guess if it's making you act in an intemperate or unwise way maybe it's sinful that way when it desires excessive punishment i understand that but isn't it if just think of about it as applied to teaching so <clears throat> or teaching or yeah. teachers yeah then right. um I, I think that we really have to train ourselves don't we to be strategically stern uh, you know and, and and then be able to flip you know just flip into that and and not to be wound up by the children so so you know if the children are just whatever you know you know kicking off or or not kicking off or or just you know and and they're just uh, you know then then you know that little stare that little look or that that short not not a shout but a short sharp change of tone of voice um change of intonation and and then you'll and then you sort of snap straight out of it so there's no wrath in that there's no wrath in that but but as thomas just said in the question in the in the in the chat yeah is anger in the classroom a sign the teacher has lost control or a natural reaction that as long as controlled is a good thing um so i yeah i think i think teachers do and can and and have i i think i ha- i will admit to to having lost control on occasion in the classroom it's not doesn't happen very often where you know because i i'm you know i'm not a t- I, my problem is that I am really, really patient. No, 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 no. My problem is I'm really impatient, but I'm very tolerant. So I tolerate stuff that most teachers don't tolerate. But I'm, but I'm the opposite. I'm, but then I'm, I'm impatient. You know, I expect children to just be intrinsically motivated and intrinsically interested. And and so I think a good teacher. A, a, a kind of a good behaviour management teacher, a good classroom sort of someone who maintains order very well in the classroom, um, is probably um, not very tolerant, but incredibly patient. You know, so they don't tolerate mm-hmm. anything. You know, they don't tolerate. You know, anything. So they clamp down on stuff, and they're really firm, clear boundaries. And and anyone who waves from that, whereas. Um, but yeah, but they're very, very, very patient with, with, with. You know, they know. Whereas I, I, you know, I suppose it's the ex-industrialist in me, and I've been, I've worked with adults and for quite a long time, and and, I, and it's just, you know, the, 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 and and you know, adults have chosen to go into work and chosen to do that particular job, particularly in the work that I sort of did, um, and and so you know, we all have our off day occasionally, but but you know, you, you've not got to sort of. You're not going to. That's the challenge with teaching, isn't it? You've got to motivate people to do stuff they don't want to do, and that is that is the inherent challenge of it. And and sometimes young people or old people don't want to do something they don't want to do, or they don't see the point of. And um, and so yeah, but I I do think that yeah. So if you, so it can happen, I think. Um, and it's we can be, cross. but you know, we need we help with that. We, but, um. Yeah. to stop it from happening we're professional so we deal with it in a way which is appropriate to the situation but that doesn't mean that we are we don't feel irritated or cross or angry that's going to happen uh and we refocus and we, we we're the professional in the room but uh we are humans we are anyway. humans i think i think that's it i think 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're human. You know, anyway. We're human, but we're, we're doing a job and we're being paid to do it and we do it properly. And, you know, <laughs> you can be very cross that a child is pushing your buttons, but you, you behave appropriately. And, yeah, sometimes, you know, to show that little bit of anger, to show that is, is sometimes the right thing to do. It's usually probably not, to be honest with you, but once in a while. I, I don't think, think it is. That's why, yeah. yeah, my, my first, and um, the, the person I took over from at my school, he, he was he, he he was an old school science teacher, and he said, you've got to show your teeth occasionally, Toby. You've got to show your teeth occasionally. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but um, and, and that's what I mean. That's the strategic showing of the teeth. I'm not sure that is a good thing. But, but um, the strategic showing of your teeth occasionally is better than the uncontrolled loss of control yeah, of yourself. No, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we have one of the most common back-to-school dreams that people have on those first couple of nights in September before they're back in is that dream of being in in front of the class and having lost control of the class and and becoming angry to the point of being out of control and knowing that great sense of shame that you have in that dream, <laughs> you know, of being, I can't do this, I'm not in control of the situation, I'm, and I'm not in control of myself. And mm. if you're not in control of yourself in the classroom, then bad things are going to happen. There's a, you know, there's plenty of stories to attest to that, and there's plenty of uh, people who've gone off in front of tribunals when it's happened. Yes, mm. but he was very irritating. Yes, but you were the grown-up. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, because Roth, you know, it would uh, sound terrible, wouldn't it? Like, I heard you, you know, I'm going to have a little difficult conversation. Can you come into my office, please? And we will close the door for this one. No, I was passing your classroom earlier, and I heard intemperate shouting, which is not how we've agreed we deal with behaviour in this school. I'm sorry, I was feeling wrath. <laughs> I was wrathful. Mm. The child had pushed my buttons too many times, and wrath overcame my natural hesitant temperance. Oh, well, wrath, that's fine then. We all feel wrath from time to time. I don't really see it flying. No. I'm sorry, Mrs Jones. Yes, you're quite right. I did speak to, to, to the teacher, and he said he did shout, and he did call him a little twerp. But he explained that he was feeling wrathful at the time, so I think we can all understand that and put this behind us. I think <laughs> won't be the easiest conversation of the week, will it? No, but I, I think I think we we're very vulnerable, aren't we? As in that respect. So yeah. so if if you know, I, I know friends who have been or are you know going through periods of of anxiety or, or challenging yeah. their life, and I have been through those you know fairly recently myself. Yeah. And and you you can't. You can't go into a classroom if you're feeling like that. You know, you no. you've got you 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 say uh, I've got to have, have some a time out. Hard to hand in. You know, you should be able to say to your uh, you know your middle mm. manager, whoever it is, listen, this stuff's been going on. I don't think I can handle myself. And if those three kids who like to press my buttons mm. have a go at pressing my buttons, I don't know that I can handle that today. If I'm honest, you know. We can't no. do that. We haven't got any capacity. I don't know about your sector. I don't think you're any better. We've got no capacity at all. We haven't got enough capacity to... <laughs> no, I, no we, we, we don't have a huge amount where we I am currently, but I think there'll probably be a bit more... Um, Please don't, I don't know. let me do any teaching because I might say something I'd regret. Okay, yeah. don't, and now go in and earn your money. <laughs> mm. I think that'll be... Approximately how it went. Yeah, yeah. No, well, listen, I know. There's a, there's a place for anger in our sector, and probably isn't in the classroom. But when we look at underfunding, and when we look at the yes. uh, the absolute insult to the to our beautiful profession, which is being performed by our friends in Westminster, I think it's entirely right to be angry. And it's entirely right to uh, 
to want to make your position clear and to want to take action, whether it's through industrial action or, or whatever it is. So that's what my um my Steve Earle anecdote was going to be linked to that. Shall I do that? Should we do that after the news? Should we talk about um industrial sort of anger? Really? Oh, huh? yeah, look, it's twenty one thirty two. Yeah, go on. Roll the news, and then we'll have we'll... a Steve Earle um, anecdote. That's going to bring yeah. them back. Yeah. Don't go anywhere, yes. people. It is. Don't go anywhere, people. Seven and a half minutes. Bye bye. Live oh, no, from Ken. It's Sorry. time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Comfort Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go, well-being and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The Telegraph reported this week on calls from some academics for schools to ban smartphones. The article refers to devices as extremely dangerous over fears that they damage cognitive ability. The research by academics in Australia suggests that phones can be hazardous to children as they have a negative effect on learning, social skills and mental health. Dr Mark Williams, an honorary professor of cognitive neuroscience at Macquarie University in Sydney, is quoted as saying that having a phone in a pocket or bag decreases working memory capacity and that this means children don't learn as well. He goes on to say that there are zero benefits to smartphones in schools. Dr Williams went on to add that other research studies have shown that smartphones also link to causes of depression, anxiety and body dysmorphia. In Spain, phones have been banned from schools in some regions since 2015. University of Valencia academics found that pupils' test scores in some core subjects improved. In the USA, researchers at an Ohio hospital found that screen time led to lower brain functioning and a study in Malaysia published in 2020 found that the presence of a smartphone decreased the ability of undergraduates to accurately recall information. The current Department for Education and Advice in England is that head teachers are best placed to make decisions about phones and their use in school. The value of learning a foreign language is often discussed in schools, but in Germany, there have been calls for primary schools to scrap English lessons. The president of the German Teachers Association has said that schools should focus on German reading and maths instead. His remarks come as German students scored lower than their peers in other countries in the International Primary School Reading Survey. 
Heinz-Peter Meidinger told German broadcasters that focusing on English was a wrong priority and that more attention should be paid to reading skills, writing skills and arithmetic. The BBC reports that MPs have launched an inquiry into Ofsted school inspections, looking at how useful they are to parents, governors and schools in England. Education Select Committee Chairman Robin Walker said Ofsted had an important role, but that there had been a groundswell of criticism in recent months. Ofsted itself has said it welcomed the inquiry, but that it had already made changes. MPs will consider how inspections affect the workload and well-being of school staff and pupils, and what contribution its reports make to helping schools improve. The issues likely to be discussed are the current system of awarding one overall grade to a school, and whether it is right to deem a school inadequate if inspectors raise concerns about child welfare. Parents, school governors, teachers and unions will be able to submit evidence alongside the government and Ofsted itself. Ofsted have already made changes, particularly to the complaints process, but the NAHT's Paul Whiteman said the changes didn't go far enough. Finally, in the West Midlands, the BBC reports that a 91-year-old former teacher is helping children develop their literacy skills from a living room. Diane Idols has five pupils she reads with over an online platform aimed at helping children progress with reading. She said the volunteering work had filled a huge hole in her life after the death of her husband. Mrs Idols volunteers through the Bookmark Reading Charity, which matches trained volunteers with primary children struggling with reading. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to answer the question we all want to know. What is the best presentation software? I do promise to give you an answer this week after leaving you on a cliffhanger, but... First, a quick recap for those who missed last week or fast-forwarded me. Considering most lessons delivered in a classroom contain some sort of presentation, it's possible that our students are facing up to a thousand presentations a year. This isn't a bad thing as we are presenting information and that's what the software is designed to do. However, like a display you spend ages on, how long does it take before it stops being noticed? Do we really know what experience a pupil gets through a typical week in school? Are they being engaged or do they know how to look like they are listening? Don't worry, there is no way I'm going to mention slants here if you're thinking that is where I was going next. The answer is there is no best presentation software. As I've already mentioned, there are lots of free and paid for presentation apps out there. The key to success is which one do you choose? This is where a lot of people go wrong. They ask someone else's opinion. What works for one may not work for another. The choice you make depends on two key words, purpose and audience. When you choose the method of presentation for a lesson, you need to be thinking about the best way to grab focus. In the end, our job is to encourage long-term remembering. So if the lesson is about remembering short text-based facts and you have powerful images that back up what you're saying, a looping PowerPoint presentation or equivalent may do the job. Do you want to embed a lot of web links and videos? Why not take a look at Wakelet, a free way to collect web links together and share them. You can present with it and then hand the link off for self-discovery. Most app developers today aim to make their apps 
intuitive. So changing things around shouldn't be too hard for you to get to grips with. And you may just find engagement rises. And in the end, that's what it's all about. What do you do to engage pupils? Let us know at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Back in the room. Ta-da. The unmuting of Ed. Back in the room. There he is. Back in the room. Back in the room. Um, hello. Areas for rightful wrath in teaching, personal wrath, and possibly between colleagues in some schools. Is it yeah. right to be wrathful? No, you see, because wrath is the sinful version. Now, but the bit I don't get is it's okay for God to be wrath. It's the wrath of God. Although I think the wrath of God is a phrase which is much used, but I think not biblical. I think it's uh, a modern phrase. But nonetheless, I think God's allowed to be wrathful. He's allowed to be very, very angry. He's allowed to flood the entire planet, kill everybody about from nowhere and a few close family friends, isn't he? Um, although he did put a rainbow in the sky and say he wouldn't do it again. That's true. But at the end of days, he's going to wipe a lot of us out, isn't he? He's going to wipe us out, no? Because he's going to say, oh, yeah, very sinful and bad. It's all right. For, it's like, if it's you're hearing, you're hearing God a lot. And I taught a cover lesson the other day on Sikhism. I taught an RS cover lesson. Yeah. And right. in Sikhism, they have one God, like we do in Christianity. Yeah. Um, and um, but they the God, their God is neither male nor female. And I thought wow. that was a nice a nice touch, actually, because we tend to call our God he and there's all this yeah. nonsense with the synod about female it priests and stuff. It sounds wrong, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It does sound wrong. Exactly. I mean, I think God is kind of like a gas. Um, I don't think God exists by self, Ed. Oh, all right. Well, you don't blow my cover because I'm still a head teacher of a Church of England school. I've got few more weeks left on that gig before I can uh, go around publicly pronouncing don't, my don't, humanism. Don't, don't you have to just... Com- don't you have to just have express sympathy with the Christian faith? You don't have it's to express your own. Stones express sympathy with the devil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I have to, uh, uh, you know, make sure that the school abides by what we would like to say, you know, <laughs> broadly Christian values is that word. And you go, well, there's a, it's like your British values, isn't it? Well, Christian, Christian values, British values. values. Oh, well, then, then... We, we respect people and we, think people should be treated nicely and we should have respect for the you know for nature and people should be treated fairly and they're like i don't really know those are christian values guys i'm quite happy to sign up to those but that's what really god care. is for me god is nature god is nature god is, is yes that, gas is that right yeah is that right the gas yeah. bit was a it was a um, alan partridge reference which about three people in radio land would have snorted loudly at and everybody else would have not noticed um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. As a humanist, I find, you know, I find my experience of the divine in, uh, you know, in in the natural world and in those swimming at Bucks Mills in the summer that I connect with, you know, I talk about spirituality being, you know, the interrelation between uh, being at one with ourselves in harmony with those around us and in tune with the wide, wide world around and beyond us. That's how I talk about spirituality. And when the what? science inspector asks me, that's exactly what I shall say. I shall mm. point at, you know. But, you know, for some people, they like uh, an idea of the divine, which uh, inspires those connections, maybe, you know. 
So anyway, I think once you start assuming that anybody has the same idea of God as you, then I think you're on a slippery, slippery. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, anyway, of course, we all agree, don't we? We all agree that God is love. Well, do we then? Oh, all right, maybe you don't. Of course, God is tolerant, <laughs> isn't he? God loves, you know, God loves the sinner. Well, does he though? You go, oh, oh, okay, apparently not. There you go. Um, yeah. We veered into God away from Roth. Yeah, well, we were meant to be doing Roth, and yeah, more. Well, we were veered, we veered into God, and that's because we were thinking about the divine the Steve Earl. Yeah. Steve Earl. So, so Steve. The reason, the reason. So Steve Earl during his set at Black Deer, um, I believe he's playing at Glastonbury this this weekend as well. And Good for him. So, um, he talked. He's talked about a song. He wrote all the songs, some of the albums he released or songs he wrote sort of during lockdown or recently. He's been quite prolific recently. Um, and um, one song he talked about um, a coal mine disaster in the United States that I probably should know about, but I didn't know about, um, where 27 miners lost their life. Um, mm -hmm. And then he went on to say, um, while I was introducing the song, that, you know, it wasn't a coincidence that this mine or the miners or the, or, you know, what didn't acknowledge the, the union or whatever, you know. And yeah. and then he said, it, then, you know, it's been tactically sort of, you know, pro pro union said, you know, said it, said it wasn't a coincidence that the miners died in that mine because that mine was not a, you know, the. Mm -hmm. the the workers weren't unionized or, or the, 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 the owners of the mine or whatever didn't acknowledge the union, the cult or whatever. Whereas, you know, anyway, so, so then he said, you know, unions are important and he's, you know, had a, had a good, good, um, uh, uh, well, not a, not a, you know, there was no wrath, but there was, the song was full of wrath because he spoke in the song he met with one of the miners who survived. I can't remember his name called Tom, someone who'd lit, you know, just come up from the mine minutes before the disaster struck and and he he was you know and steve earl you know said he was very angry very very angry and um and you know he met with him and spoke to him and then he wrote this song about about the 27 people who died and in the middle of the song he he said all their names um and it was it was a very touching moment but then he he you know as part of that announcement he talks about the importance of unions as looking after, you know, the workers and, mm -hmm. and, and then, and, you know, and, and then that, so, and then that also linked to something else of Black Deer that, that um, Richard Newbold on our little tweeters WhatsApp, as I'm, as I'm not, uh, not really, well, I did do quite a few tweets about Black Deer, but I'm not really on the, on the Twitter sphere much. I have a little look now and again. And um, uh, Richard Newbold told me that his boss, who must be head of science at, um, the school he works at in, in Tunbridge Wells, um, that she was at Black Deer. And I then looked on her profile to see what she looked like in case I randomly bumped into her. Um, and um, on, I can't, I can't, I'm going to have to find it now. Um, and she had tagged as her, as her, in her, in her Twitter profile, a, um, I don't strike because I want more pay. I strike because of, you know, like there's not enough, you know, for the for everybody for the good of everybody really etc cetera, etc cetera. it's a nice little um you've probably seen it before i'm going to try and find it whilst you pick up on what i've said ed yeah well sorry, steve Earl has uh been a uh a strong proponent Advocate, of the trade yeah. movement for for many 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 years and i when i first came across him i didn't really know a great deal about country music and i didn't know that uh 
know, the vast majority of, of commercial countries is, is very conservative in its nature. But I know I heard people like Steve Earle, people like Waylon Jennings, people like, um, well, like uh, like Willie Nelson, who sing without that passion and that anger. It made sense to me, you know, I, I think I already knew about Billy Bragg, you know, and in a way it kind of made sense. You know, this is, it is working class music. It isn't really, but it definitely pretends to be. And it talks about ordinary people's lives. That's generally the topic of, of country in Americana is the, the lives of, of poor people, often the dispossessed. And it's quite right. They come from a place of, of righteous anger, isn't it? I mean, and uh, Steve, uh, I mean, he's, he has had a rough, you know, given... Given that he has been a successful and reasonably wealthy musician his entire life, he's also had a rough ride, including the you know the terrible terrible story about you know his son, his son. but yeah. also his uh, you know his battles with drugs and alcohol are, are are well known and they don't talk. He was great friends, wasn't he, with um, Towns Van Zant, who is you know another amazing songwriter, amazing performer, died far too early, and you know a lot of his life marked with alcoholism and also um, codeine addiction you wouldn't have thought people mm. would get too addicted to codeine but there's a there, you know before oxycontin codeine was it was a pretty good high wasn't it yes. anyway yeah no I, i've got a, a huge amount of time and a huge amount of respect for for steve earl and we've talked about him probably more than people were expecting on a teacher podcast but what what album would you say i i first came across him around the time of copperhead road so that one that's still the album. I, I bought. The, a re, a, no, I only really came across him much later. That was uh, there was an album, probably released in the very early two thousands. That I um oh I can't remember the name of it. It's the only I bought on CD. Then I bought Copperhead Road. Um, Copperhead Road must have been eighty something, mustn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, Copperhead Road's back then. Yeah, way back. back. Um, but was it something Parade? Something something Parade? Um, I really liked it. I, I can't remember now what it's called. Um, but um, he played lots of lovely songs. I'm, I'm now just looking for this damn link. Newbold, Newbold, Newbold. He's replied to me. Oh. I said 86. It was 88. How embarrassing. Feel good, aren't you? No, that's, that's I was way off there. That's that's the peak of when I should have been about music. And you know, I'm born in 71. So stuff recorded about 86 is the stuff that hits me the hardest, you know, because it's that music that you hear when you're 15 and 16 that that marks you for life, you know? Yeah. So there's a huge difference to me between a song released in 86 and 88. That's a, that's a decade between those two in my musical experience. Well, shame, <laughs> shame. <laughs> oh, gosh, I can't find this thing. Um, ah, Newbold, 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 Newbold. Where's he replied to? I need to find. Maybe I need to look in replies. You won't be listening to when he when he uh, walks the dog, when he won't be on now. No, 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 no. I'm on on Twitter trying to find. I could have uh, could have commented. Yeah, well. Ow. Ow. Ow, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. This is great radio. This is really good radio, everybody. Really good radio. Um. Because I wanted to find it because it's quite a good read, I thought. But you see, I don't have that because I'm. Oh, I'm not fine. This is not working now. Sorry, I failed. I failed. Um, okay. Um, but anyway, the uh, so I think the anger we've spoken about this quite a lot. The the underfunding of um, state education. The the um, sort of a rather oppressive nature um, 
of of you know how we're sort of measured and judged as a profession mm. um and and undervalued by successive governments um particularly successive conservative governments um is is it's a huge issue but it's not it's not uh, you know i am I'm I'm a sort of step away from that because I I've I've elected to work in and been educated in the the independent sector, which is not without its um, challenges. Um, but you know, if you're if you're going to work in a thriving, um, oversubscribed um, independent school, then then there's a reasonable amount of money sloshing about the place, and it's 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 not a fair world in that respect because. Um, Ninety-three percent of the population aren't having that level of don't have access to that level of of, of privilege, um, and mm. that of course is a whole separate issue, but one I can't talk too passionately about, as I would be hypocritical. Um, so um, there we are. But uh, yeah, no, I I, I think um, well, I don't know where it's not getting very far with it, are we? The the, the whole um, striking in in it's not really working. Is it yet? There's no. What do you want from? What do you think it's going to do? Do you think you're going to persuade this shower in Westminster to go? Oh, we see the light. I was reading no. as a new book by Dapo Eriola and uh, Nathan Bryan in the series. You'll have come across Look Up, the story of um, a little girl called Rocket and her big brother. Mm. Who uh, mm. I, have you seen that one? It's a beautiful book, lovely, lovely. There's a new one out it's called Speak Up, and. Um, yeah, they go to the library and learn that the library is closing down because there isn't enough funding to keep it open. And they, uh, Rocket and her friends, get together and they have a little protest and shame the city and uh, and and save their library. So we did that in a assembly yesterday. And we were talking about you know what can we learn from it and how's it referenced. And we were talking about the importance of speaking up. And so if you are not halfway through the book, because it's it's very unlikely that a, a group of preteens doing a little sit-down protest is going to change much. So we talked about that. I paused the book. said, you know, do you think that Rocket making a fuss is going to change the city's mind about closing the library? Most of the kids agreed they thought it probably wouldn't because they're not stupid. Mm. I said, is it important that they speak up anyway? And the children were resounding. Yeah, of course it is. They said, because if you don't speak up, then you've got no, you've got to blame yourself when the thing comes mm. through. If mm. we do not make our voices heard, if we do not make clear, not least to our communities, you know, because our communities aren't really aware of what's going on. Most head teachers don't put in the newsletter, by the way, you know, the the gas bill, the electricity, the fuel bill has has tripled. I've got no more money. And now they're asking me to pay the support staff extra, which includes paying for their pensions and paying for all the on costs. We can't do it anymore. We're broken. We're very, very happy that these three people have decided to leave at the end of the year. And let me tell you, we cannot afford to replace them. We don't tend to say that in the newsletter. No. We tend to say everything is marvellous because we're afraid that if the parents knew how close we are to the whole thing just crashing into the weeds, you know, they would take their children out because maybe they would. Maybe they, you know. But so then where would, they, where, would, where would they send their children, strike. though? It's not about the money in my pocket. You know, it's not about that, but it is about services for your children. If they agree to pay me an extra 6.5%, but that money comes out of existing budget, who hmm. do you think is affected? They need to understand that. And there's only one, yeah. you know, it's very hard to get the attention of busy working people who just want to drop their kid off and believe that they're roughly safe and probably being educated till they pick them up a few hours later. And I'm sorry, but sometimes industrial action, I, I I think we're speaking to our communities. I also think we're speaking to ourselves as a profession, saying we do 
care. We are angry and we're rightly angry. We're taking action together. We don't think that <laughs> Nick Gibb or, or um, any of that party are going to go, oh, they seem to be quite angry. Maybe we should listen to them. Of course they're not. They're doing this because they want to take the opportunity to paint us as feckless lefties. It plays into their hands, frankly. But mm. on this occasion, I think you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, they say, oh, you know, look at the damage being done to the children's education. Like, and honestly, you look at the state, you know, a school which was employing, let's say, 30 human beings in uh, people facing roles 10 years ago, let's say, or seven years ago, probably hadn't changed much by seven years ago. They're probably down to about 20 now. Those yeah. intervention groups aren't happening anymore. We're now talking about, you know, why was it that we started saying that quality first teaching was so important and the only way to make a real difference to disadvantaged children? Oh, it was about the time we laid off the teaching assistants because we couldn't afford to employ them anymore. We found some very convenient evidence which fitted the traffic in education away from employing people and towards putting crap on a screen. I'm sorry, mm. if I sound angry, that's all right. If I sound intemperate, that's not all right. So I hope that my anger's not tipped over into. No, life. it's good. I'm, I'm, I want. That's really. I'm. I'm pleased that we, although you know, very few people listen to this. <laughs> um, Currently, um, no one. It's I think. important. Right? Is there anyone it's out there? It's important, and it's very eloquent and and, and passionate. And and you are. You are right. You're good, Ed. You're good. You're a good man, and you are absolutely right to speak out and say these things. And well, we must um, do, mustn't we? We can't blame anybody else if we don't make our voices heard. So yeah, you know, anger is an energy. Ah, oh, maybe wrath is the bit of anger when it takes away the energy and makes you feel disempowered. Maybe that's what we should think of it as the sin is of allowing your anger to divert you from the proper action. Yes, good, good wisdom, words, good words. Are you going to play us a song? I should do an assembly. Is it time? Yeah. Is it? I've no idea what the time is. Oh, it's 21.57, yeah. <coughs> I'm also feeling, as well as wrathful, or sad, I'm also feeling a bit sad. I've got some sad news today about the death of a someone who's very special. So I shan't go into it, but if someone particular is listening, then um, know that we'll sing this for you as well. because. It is a shame when people we love pass away, whatever the circumstances. Isn't it? Absolutely. Isn't it? it is. Yeah. It is, definitely. All right, well, okay, okay. So we're going we've been talking about Steve Earle more than I think either of us thought we were likely to, but I've got a great <laughs> love for his work, so here we go. Just when every ray of hope was gone I should have known that you would come along I can't believe I ever doubted you My old friend the blues Another lonely night in a nameless town If sleep don't take me soon come around I know that I can always count on you 
my old friend the blues Lovers leave and friends will let you down And you're the only sure thing I have found No matter what I do, I'll never lose My old friend the blues Lovers leave and friends will let you down And you're the only sure thing I have found No matter what I do, I'll never lose My old friend the blues Just let me hide my weary heart in you My old friend the blues was lovely ed thank you very much indeed yeah yeah beautiful song i think a lot of people think it's a, a proclaimer song but it's a steve earl song originally and a very oh. beautiful one anyway it's time to go in it it's time Why to not? go well i don't think we've gone we've gone down we've gone down not gone down lucy's rabbit hole about internal sort of wrath within a school between teachers or between systems no. or between oh, the wrath we, eats we, us up inside and consumes us that wrath as well yeah, we didn't go there that's right no and and then but next week what we've got week. left pride uh, lust jealousy uh, various forms but, of we're not going to do jealousy, are we? Because we've done envy, and we, we we I don't think we can make a show out of that. Pride, because we, we do pride in the name of love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We can. We can definitely do that. I think pride. What are you proud of? And why? Why is that a sin? Come on. That's not a we'll sin. About we'll it next sign, week. We'll, we'll get into that next week. But right now, we're going to say good night and a sleep good tight night. and look after yourselves, everybody. Life's yeah. precious. Hold on to it. Indeed. And thank you very much for joining us and thank you very much for listening back. Um, speak next week, Ed. Take care of yourself too. And um, until next week, bye bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.